and welcome to episode 32 of the Salad Cast this season. Myself, Glenn Price, and it's a two-game week, Ollie, so it's just me and you this week, my friend. But um, yeah, a busy week. Uh, some good, some bad. Yeah, um, good result against Burton. Mm. Not so good against Portsmouth, but to be mm. fair, Portsmouth were pretty good, weren't they? Um, but yeah, enjoyable weekend. And yeah, just to watch the Grand Prix was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. So yeah, good to have that back. So yeah, all is good. And um, yeah, we're getting closer and closer, aren't we, to some kind of um, relaxation of lockdown. So that should be good as well. Yeah, and you know, the, the clock's gone back last night. You know, we're getting towards spring, aren't we? You know, season's kind of getting towards the end. So you know, it kind of already. I think as you get into those last ten games of a season, your mind as a football fan always turns to summer, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah I think we've we've got through the hard months, Ollie, with this podcast, the lockdown and the streams and everything. We're still going to have to deal with them the rest of the season, but lots to look posit- positively towards. And I suppose you know, if we start with the main positive after um, bringing the sort of sad news last week of Steve Jagielka. But this week, I suppose, let's look at our manager. And yeah, Ollie, you've been listening to again some of the um, interviews with various staff members this week and yeah in the press it sounds like he is actually making some significant progress in his health isn't he yeah Dave Longwell seems to be on media duty this week mm. he's been doing all the, the interviews and yeah he said that the managers is getting better um, which is the first time they've kind of said something like that that positive yeah. so it was noticeably more positive um, so that was really good and obviously we want him to be back you know, you know for next season which is, I think is I think that's that's what would be a, a fair aim hopefully we, if we see him on the sideline before the end of the season I'm sure you'd be chuckling but yeah no pressure I've no doubt he'll still be watching hundreds of videos of players and teams and games and managers and setups, and he'll be probably preparing incredibly detailed dossiers from everything that um, Aaron Wilbraham said about him, and obviously still contributing to what's going on this season. You know, he won't have just switched off. He's having a massive part to play in terms of these um, conversations with the players at half time and bits and bobs like that, and also how much he's been involved even during his illness. So he's certainly not, you know, detached from the football club. But um, I suspect, yeah, it will give him a chance to really plan for next season, won't it? So um, yeah, hopefully he. He spends that time wisely, I think, Ollie, and we might be have something exciting to look forward to. Yeah, some everyone's getting quite excited. There's quite a lot of messages, isn't there, after Tuesday night? Yes. And with um, fans getting quite excited, um, which is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, if, if, if um, Keith Burton and Steve Cottrell keep their, their form on, on signings, then, yeah, something to get very excited about next season. And we'll just cover that a little bit, won't we? We'll we'll keep touching on things now as we are getting into those latter weeks yeah. of the year. So this week, I think I thought we put let's cover like Sears and and Davis, and then we've got a couple of fan questions as well. So yeah, we'll we'll try and keep the games quite light and breezy, and mm. we'll yeah get into get mm. into some of these questions as we get get well, closer to the end of the season. The thing about the games is some of the <laughs> some of the same old issues we talk about quite often. So yeah. it's best not to keep repeating repeating the facts. But I suspect we are going to have to talk about Maine and Odo again at some point today, Ollie. But we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, talking about the excitement though, just before we move on to the games, it was quite interesting. I saw a couple of fans who said I'd refused to get a season ticket last year due to the who was in charge. Obviously talking about Ricketts yeah. and the style of football that's being played. So you know we've seen enough in this period under Cottrell to think that the style is going to be different and more entertaining. And you know with a better quality of players, it might even be better than that. So um, I think you know we might see a little bit of an uptake of some people coming back to the football club. Um, but I'm still I'm still unsure, Ollie, what's going to happen post lockdown. How many people might have drifted away from football? That's the that's the main worry, isn't it, for every football club? Is um, you know what, what's it done to some of the more casual fans? I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But um, but mm. yeah, no one knows. There is a question you have to say. But fingers crossed, people will be back, and I'm sure people will be will be back. I'm sure maybe a little bit of a drop, maybe if we have some economic issues. But um, yeah, fingers crossed, he'll be, he'll be, everyone will be back. Yep. Good stuff. All right, well, we've got two games this week, and uh, yeah, we'll start with the, the encouraging uh, result against Burton. In the penalty area, Inadovic for West Ham. She's her teammate. Lanzini has to check. Lanzini still going to get the shot in Gracefield. Lanzini shoots off the line. Terrific block from James Bolton. 
So Burn Albion 1, Shrewsbury Town 2. Shrewsbury's goals coming from Main and Chapman, and then Burton scored in the second half from Clare, um, which was their first shot on goal. Um, so yeah, a few interesting stats, Glenn. Uh, yeah, I mean, Burton had been on a good run, hadn't they? We were, we were talking about them catching us up, and this was this was the battle of the seventeenth, wasn't it? They had a chance to, you know, take us out of our our, our god given position within the football league, which is seventeenth in League One, and um, yeah, they failed because we beat them. So we are seventeenth for a longer period now. But yeah, they this was only their second defeat. It was sorry, it was their second defeat in a row after that good run they'd had. So yeah, not not the uh, not the best form now from from Burton. They seem to be uh, stuttering a little bit under under Hasselbank, but um, yeah, came at a good time for us, I guess. Um, and and then, yeah, it should point out this Burton game was the the sort of when we finished our season last year, it was the equivalent game um, that we played against Burton. So it was a kind of nice measure of where we were compared to last season. Um, and having, you know, talked about this a few times when Cottrell took over, we were 11 points behind where we were last season. Um, so when that season finished last year, this equivalent game, he's now taken us to five points ahead of where we were. So, you know, that five points is huge, isn't it? In any kind of relegation battle that we're now not involved in, it's just given us that breathing space, hasn't it? Um, so, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting really as a, as a comparison and yeah we did score two goals in this game Ollie which you know town fans will, might be surprised to learn is well I don't know most town fans might guess this stat it is surprisingly rare that's only the eighth time in 35 league games we've scored more than one goal in a game which um, yeah is the sort of thing where if you're looking at very high level stats about making us a better football club that is fundamentally one of the ones that's got to change oh yeah I'm sure obviously <laughs> Cottrell's been evident of that even when he just watched the videos God. back uh, when he first came in that goal scoring is a is a problem and yet we sound we are a bit of a broken record on this topic it's it's something that's going to plague us um until the summer and fingers crossed we can fix it then but um yeah it's not very good stats oh well there we go and go on then who played in this one then yep so um obviously um Sarsic is away on international duty so Burgoyne came in and Pennington's Ebanks and Williams are a settled three at the moment um, so actually were the, the wing backs going to this game. So Danielson are beat to start. Um, we I thought we played more of a flat, flat midfield three with Davis, Goss, and Vela, and then Main and Chapman up front, which was a new. I can't remember them playing together. Maybe they've done it once before, but it was a bit of a different um, striker lineup. But it is harder to predict the team at the moment, isn't it, Glenn? Because we do have in rotation. Yeah, I think yeah we we talked about this maybe a month or so ago about how you know I liked the consistent team selection and and you were quite like well we're going to have to rotate at some point because these lads can't keep playing every week with two games a week and it's pretty clear now they can't you know lots of these players are starting to have to need rest um and yeah we'll come to the second game where I think you know we maybe got that a little bit wrong in terms of who we rest and at what time we rest them but yeah it's obviously combination of injuries and, and rotation and resting and international duties uh, means you you were going to have a, 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 a sort of different team selection I wasn't too worried about Burgoyne you'd come in and played a few games recently Annie, with, with um, Sarkic's injury so it wasn't like he hadn't played for months so that wasn't too bad but yeah it is, it is quite difficult to predict at the moment it's it's very fluid Yeah it, there's a couple of players keep swapping around don't they um, especially yeah. striker positions keep be, being swapped around and right wing back keeps being swapped for, for, for injury reasons um, so it'll be interesting to see if Love can, Love can come back soon mm. um, but yeah in terms, in terms of the game started cracked on I thought Burton started on top Shrewsbury Town were camped in our own half for a little bit. I thought I'd say if you asked a Burton fan, um, I'd be quite pleased um, with how they started. So, Shrewsbury Town win a free kick. Chapman takes it and plays the actor better on the left. Yeah. He plays a, a cross in. It takes like a weird deflection and then Main kind of headers it and then it kind of goes over the line. It gets cleared and by the defender. Huge confusion um, and no one really knew on the night what had happened. Did they? Obviously, we knew it had gone in the back of the net but that was about it. Oh, you say, you say that. I, I will happily go back and point out my Twitter account 
where I posted straight after that goal that I was pretty convinced Maine got a touch on it just to do the way it kind of did seem to take another sort of little little kind of keep it in the air and, and sail it over the keeper. I agree. It looked to some people that it just bounced and the deflection took it over the goalkeeper. Whether the, the defender had cleared it off the line or not, it was hard to tell, but you know the referee had given it at that point, so I'm assuming he'd seen enough, all the linesmen had. But yeah, I, I was pretty convinced he'd got a touch on it. And I, I actually think, um, you know, despite me being probably quite critical of Maine as we go through this, um, it was a pretty clever finish, I think. He just about got a, a good head on it and you could see how clever it was when you saw Matt Burgess's um, sort of closed up uh, video of it the next day which they put out um, to sort of clear up any any confusion from it but um, yeah it's the sort of thing he needs to do a bit more of um, and it's a sort of yeah sort of goal that he probably has scored a fair few of in his career he kind of just kind of steering his headers and, and getting little flick-ons like that which was which is half decent I thought but um, yeah I, I was pretty convinced he had got a touch on it when I, when I saw it first time to be honest. Cool yeah there seems to be a confusion then quite quickly yeah, quite a few people was saying it was Maine's goal and yeah it was yeah. good for Matt to clear that up. Um, and then I don't think we were too surprised with the tactics we played there. You know, we get that goal ahead um, and we sat deeper and we soaked up pressure and we play on the counter, which is obviously our our strength. And yeah, it's fair to say Ebanks did a lot of work that night. He did a lot of clearing of headers yeah. and long throws. And yeah, those long throws, Glenn, were a weapon, uh, like a trebuchet being thrown into the box. Um, it was a, a big outlet for Burton. It was. We headed pretty much all of them away. I mean, they, they didn't create any chances from what must have been, it must have had at least 10, maybe a lot more than that, th- long throws that we had to head away. And you're right, Ebanks um, did probably the best in terms of heading away. Maine did all right, actually, in terms of his defensive work a couple of times when he came back to help out with them, but meant he was never getting forward enough, which which did help, did kind of hinder us going forward, I think. But um, yeah, I thought we, we dealt with the long throw better. And I was quite disappointed in Burton Ollie, you know, for a team that had been on this good run and traditionally when we've played them, they've been a bit of a footballing team, haven't they? They've liked to, to be sort of expansive, not you know, not too much, but they've been a decent League One team and obviously spent some time in the championship. And to see them playing fairly agricultural football and hurfing long long throws in every five seconds when they got a chance without trying to play too much football. I, I was pretty surprised with what Hasselbank's trying to do. Clearly it's been working recently and maybe they needed to get in teams' faces, but it's not it's not great to watch, is it? No, I th- I think yeah, how do you put this? It's interesting to share to Edward, who does the D3D4 podcast. Yeah. And they seem to be behind us. So they'd done exactly the same as us, play the same team week in, week out. And then they got tired, started to pick up injuries. Yeah, it's easy, isn't it, to to make summaries after seeing one game. But clearly yeah. they'd been on a good run. So obviously they'd been creating goals and they'd scored quite a few goals in quite a few games. So, yeah, I think... I think I guess the kind of the games caught up with them, and then they were relying on that that long throw in this game. This was a poor game, to be fair. You know, it's not like yeah. we 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 were amazing in this game either. You know, we took our chances when they came, and, and we did what we needed to do in terms of seeing them out. Um, but it was a very poor game. I I I think it was pretty painful to watch that first half of football because as soon as we scored, we just nullified Burton. You're completely right. We sat back, we tried to break, but we were pretty bad at breaking. Um, and yeah, it was just it was to our advantage. The game was crap to watch, but um, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a thrilling first half, was it? No, no, it certainly wasn't. But that was into to our favour, I thought. Yep, it was. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a good free kick, headed back in, and Pennington tries again, and then Velifies wide, so we created a few chances. Couple, um, yeah. But one thought that was very noticeable, Glenn, is that how deep we were, and even Maine and Chapman as well were sitting very deep, weren't they? Main came. Main was coming too far to get involved, but and and Chapman as well, you know. But, but that seemed getting, like a tactic it, rather than an individual yeah. decision. Well, I don't know. A bit of both because they weren't getting that much service in terms of when they were in the more advanced positions. Like our crossing was pretty pretty poor again. I thought in this game. Um, and yeah, I, I guess it is a tactic, especially when you've gone ahead. You know, you just you just create that block a little bit more, and you you rely on Chapman to spring forward and Main to kind of make that that second run and, and hope he finds him. And that's maybe the the way to goal then to get a second goal. But um, I say I can't really 
criticise our tactics too much. We were horrible at the time. We were horribly time wasted in that half, even in the first half. Burgoyne particularly with his goal kicks. We mentioned this all season. He's so slow with goal kicks, and pretty surprised he didn't get booked. Um, but yeah, it was attritional. We we did the job. There was nothing particularly flashy about the game from from both sides. And for me, yeah, that was it. We got to half time. Yeah, no, it was it was decent from a shoot time perspective. Yeah, you say not the best if you're in neutral. But a lot of head tennis on neutrals. No, that's as many neutrals watching that game anyway. Then the second half started. Not a lot happens for the first 10 minutes. And then a little <laughs> nice bit of passive move from Shrewsbury. Play it along the back, um, push it back into midfield. And ball comes out to Agbeta on the left. And this was an absolutely superb bit of play. So a really good cross from Agbeta. And Chapman volleys into the back of the net. And um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant goggling. It was out of nowhere. It was like the only time we played any real proper football during the whole game, I yeah. thought, in terms of a pass and move segment. And um, it was well rewarded. A really, really good cross from Ogbetta, who's picking up the assists and goals now quite regularly, Ollie. So, you know, the, the cash signs are flashing in Roland Witchley's eyes already, I think. But um, yeah, and, and finds Chapman. And it's not an easy chance at all. He's after to arc his body back a little bit and sort of steer the volley um, on, on the right-hand side away from him, isn't it? And um, yeah, you know, he's joint top goal scorer now. How long has he been here? Like three months? And it's just, it's crazy, really, how many goals he's got in that period of time. But yeah. Up to six for the season. Um, another one from outside the box, pretty much. Another really good goal for his goal of the season competition. He's he's having a great time, isn't he? However, I'll say this. He didn't do anything else in the game at all that was particularly impressive, Ollie. And that's the weird thing about his game on, on the Burton game for me. Absolutely class goal. You know, game-clinching goal, really, despite them getting one back later on. But his overall contribution was, was not great either. So, um, yeah, I thought he good, did good... fine from a defensive perspective. I thought he worked hard. Yeah, but he didn't uh, get forward, a good did shift he? in. Yeah. Just, just no, no real attacking verb from no. him. I didn't. But think then, in this, this but you could say that about everyone. Yep. I don't. I mean, these games are very contextual this season, even more than others. I think because we've got so many games. I imagine if we were, I don't know, if it was nil nil at this point um, in the in the second half, it might have been a bit more entertaining. So yeah, you're right, Glenn. Factually, you know, he, yeah, we didn't see a lot from him in this game, no. but I think context plays a big part in these games I- this season. I agree, and it backs up what we were saying the other week about how he's worth persisting with because in a, it would have been a marginal game, you know, without his goal, it would have been a draw. It would, it's it just that little bit of quality, a really hard goal to score, a really hard finish. It was just that little bit of quality that I don't think many other players in our team have probably got, Ollie. So yeah, I, I, you know, you can be critical. You like of his overall work rate, some well, not his work rate so much, but overall contribution to a game sometimes. Um, but on the flip side. If he pops up with a goal, you can't really be too critical, can you? So it's, it's a bit of an interesting conundrum. But yeah, to have got six goals in the time he's been here and, and the way he scored them, he, he certainly had a, a more positive time than uh, negative, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was good, <laughs> good goal. And yeah, very enjoyable moment. I mean, as you say, secured the three points for Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Shrewsbury carried on sitting deep. And this is obviously not, not the best part of the game from a Shrewsbury perspective. <sighs> so sitting, basically sloppy in defence. Um, Claire comes into the box, given a lot of room and space and time, fires into the back of the net. The first time Burton had a shot on goal. And um, yeah, um, they were they were back in the game and had something to fight for. I mean, considering how deep we were and how many defenders there were between Claire and the goal, you're surprised someone didn't get a block in or push a little bit further. But we just didn't quite switch on to what he was attempting to do, did we? And um, yeah, back across the goalkeeper, wasn't it? But yeah, one of those things that happened. I'm not really sure I could blame um, Harry too much for that. But yeah, just a bit frustrating because we we looked pretty confident, kind of keeping them out. They didn't really threaten us all that much, did they? Um, in terms of what they were offering in an attacking sense, and the defence played really well, I thought, in terms of heading away what they needed to. But yeah, that that one that was one moment where they did switch off a little bit. But I couldn't I couldn't really be too critical of the overall defensive performance because they did win a lot of headers and they did keep a, a, a lot of the aerial threat away from us um, from Burton's long throws and, and crosses 
Yeah, we, we, you know, they had very little chances, really, didn't they? To be fair, and overall, the whole game, um, and yeah, let's let's put it on a positive spin on it, Glenn. We did a lot of game management. Yeah, <laughs> we could just leave it at that. Yeah, because we, I, I, I'm going to say this about the game against. Um, um... God, who did we play on the Saturday? Um, Portsmouth, who obviously went ahead and went 2-0 ahead and then just completely kind of wasted the time, dived around, sat on the floor for free kicks and stuff. I, when, I, when I saw the way we played the second half against Burton, I thought it's a bit... it's a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we can really complain too much because we are no. exactly the same and we did it in this game and it worked really well. We just shut the game down. Um, old Jimmy Hasselbank got really frustrated because all you could hear was him screaming yeah. on the touchline for everything <laughs> and getting particularly annoyed. And we had a couple of half chances, didn't we? Goss had one where he sort of... He did it really well, actually. He connected with a, with a volley quite smartly, didn't he? But it sort of sailed up over the bar. But uh, that was a decent effort. And then Maine had one, didn't he? Which was which was quite close. But um, other than that, they, they didn't really have any chances. We had a couple of half chances. And um, the game just kind of petered out, didn't it, really, as it went on? It was really what not an, a, another very poor spectacle in the second half. And the only thing that stood out to me going up to full time was the Radio Derby commentators got more and more angry, didn't they, Ollie, on the iFollow? And um, eventually they more got so angry bored. angry and more in- <laughs> inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. They kept claiming free kicks that were not free kicks, and then when we were getting fouled, they were complaining about it. So, yeah, not that you know, not the not the most impartial, but I suppose that's the nature of local radio. And um, yeah, they were more interested in Burton's youth team winning away at Southampton, weren't they, Ollie? Yeah, they were. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind a bit of bias, and I don't mind you know talking no. about the opposition more. But when when Atkins dives and falls over, as someone, <laughs> I think it was actually Dan Hoff said, like a like a, a big roll of carpet falling over, and then going, "Oh my god, he was fouled!" Like, no, he wasn't. Um, but yeah, it is yeah. one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those one of those nuances of um, yeah times in in pad football pandemic. That's it. I got nothing else to say about this game. It was yeah. a very much a non-event, but it was. Well, a very I hope you got something to else, Sagan, because who's your top three? Uh, yeah, so for, for me, as I say, it was an important win, to, I think, just before I got onto my top three. I was about to say, it was much it was a non-event to keep Burton at bay and, and get a, a little bit more of a gap to the bottom bottom four is, is always helpful, isn't it? To me, it felt like you know it's pretty much job done on relegation, but. Back to top three, yeah, I, I, it was pretty difficult because there was a few that played okay, I thought, in the game. Um, every week that goes on, I get more and more impressed with, with Josh Vella. Um, and I think if I was picking a man of the match right now, uh, sorry, player of the season right now, I would give um, Josh Vella my player of the season, interestingly, because I think he's just been exceptionally good over the last few months. Um, his engine and his work rate is 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 one of those things that, you know, not every fan will pick up on, but I'm starting to hope that, you know, the way we've talked about him recently, they do. But just thought he was quite quite metronomic in this game. He did everything he needed to do correctly. He didn't really give the ball away. Um, wasn't overly flashy. Obviously, wasn't involved in the goals, but I just thought, just thought an all-round sort of performance. I went for a better second. Um, you know, when he got forward, he was good. Defensively, he was good. So a, another good performance for him. Um, and then Ebanks, as we mentioned during the game, yeah, he was probably the chief of everybody at the centre of the centre backs in terms of winning headers. He was probably, um, I think he was captain, wasn't he, on the night as well? And he was, he was certainly captain against Portsmouth. So he seems to have taken on this extra leadership role as well, which is great. So um, yeah, I thought he had a really good game as well. Yeah, no good top three. Um, I went for a better, um, you know, two assists. Yep. Um, fantastic. Ebanks because of the shift he done. And I thought Goss had a really good game. He's I thought he was really good at distributing yep. the ball, did a good a good work rate and yeah, you know, he created put a few, you know, that cross for Maine I thought was really good. Um yeah, and Goss I think has been good and it just shows you, doesn't it, you know, Vela's been up to speed now, Goss is now up to speed. It just shows you how important it is to have like either a good pre season or just to get up to match fitness and we've seen that now with these these two players. 
Yeah, and for my top three, we should mention them. But I thought Pennington had a particularly good first half. Um, maybe it wasn't yeah. as noticeable second half, but I was probably one of his most impressive halves for me in the first half. He was really quick on the ball. His clearances were, were a bit better, um, and and he was winning all his headers as well. And I thought Burgoyne, you know, as much as we didn't talk about him during the game, obviously let one goal in, but he was actually much better under the high ball, Ollie, Something I've been quite critical of. Um, and there was a few where he came out and claimed them of the of the long throws they were putting in. Um, so it was one of those things that maybe they'd identified Burgoyne and the high ball as a, as an area they could get at, and and that's why the long throws were being done but let's be honest he was generally pretty good during the game as well so um yeah there were there were a few outside our top three that had good performances as well yeah no definitely um so what did longwell say yeah it's a fantastic result a big three points um yeah he's obviously he was asked about Maine because at this point it wasn't 100 clear he said yeah main touched it and he's claiming it uh-huh. it's a very hard fought game very tough on the players um playing Saturday Tuesday and also mentioned how tough this, what physical game this was against Burton it was yeah yeah and he said yeah he talked about Chapman he says he put a lot of work in so actually yeah that links back to what I was saying his defensive work um and it's something he's developed since he's been here which we've heard before as well um, but the quality of goal he gets is just unbelievable so that was positive and I thought it was interesting actually that um that um you know Jimmy Floyd mentioned something I thought was interesting worth sharing he said Shrews are a difficult team to play against they keep a lot of people behind the ball they're not a team you want to go one nil down to mm. um they want to counter attack you so you have to score the first goal which I think is a good little summary of our season really since Steve Cottrell's come in yeah, and I suppose under Ricketts as well. Most of the games we've won have been by one goal, haven't they? You know, we've been decent, generally decent at holding on to leads in, in games this season. And I'd say the same thing under Ricketts. Most of the games we won under him were, were games which we won by the odd goal and defended stoutly. You know, think back to something like Sunderland. We're never going to score two under Ricketts, are we? Well, exactly. <laughs> we don't often score two under Cottrell either, but um, that is going to change next season, Ollie. Mark my words. And on, on Chapman, you know, talk about the work he puts in. I bet you'd have to go back a long way to find a player that had um, scored just like, you know, six goals. You know, not many players score six goals for us Ollie so that's one thing but a player that scored six goals and all six of them have been as high a quality as they are you know normally a player might come in on loan and score five or six but you know a couple of my tap-ins from five yards pretty much every goal he scored has been really really good hasn't it so there's, there's definitely something to talk about in terms of the quality of his finishes and I'm interested to see what Shrewsbury Town do about goal of the season how many of his goals will be included because it's going to be really difficult isn't it yeah, it'll probably just be it will probably <laughs> just be a, a, a goal reel um, showing how good Chapman is <laughs> which I'm sure th- yeah Walker scored a good one, didn't he? A long ranger uh, yeah. uh, last last year, just before the turn of the year, I think it was. So that was it. An FA Cup, though. I think it was the the, the checker trade. Wasn't yeah, I guess it, it counts. It doesn't geek all yeah. the season. It includes the FA yeah. Cup. So yeah, yeah. So I'd be interested to see what happens on that one. So um, yeah, there we go. That was it. You know, good win. Um, yeah. Gritty, hardworking. Not not too much to get uh, completely excited about, but. Um, at this stage of the season, you just want to get a few more wins now, get 50 points on the board like we talked about last week, and that yeah. was another step on the way to that. So that was it. It set a nice little platform up for a much more difficult game on Saturday, Ollie. The competition, remember, that gets more interesting the closer you get to Wembley will not fancy it. Holchich and Holter score again from 25 yards. Dimming Wally, he slides forward, Yang and Klinsmann style. It just keeps getting better and better and better. So the second game this week was Shrewsbury Town 1, Portsmouth 2, uh, yeah, goal from Mogbetter, finally gets his goal, um, and then, yeah, Harness and Marquis for Portsmouth in the first half, and Marquis was later sent off, but that didn't really help us very much, so, yeah, uh, an unfortunate loss, um, 2-1, I think, was quite flattering on us, to be honest with you, and we'll get to that as we go through the game, Ollie, but um, at least it hasn't damaged our goal difference so much, we can still try and claim ourselves back to a positive goal difference this season, we're back down to minus one now. Um, in terms of stats, yeah, uh, we know we were unbeaten four games going into this game, so that run comes to an end. And yeah, we, it's unfortunate to lose a game, and it was it was quite a frustrating game to watch, wasn't it? But that is literally 
that is only the fifth defeat in 22 league games so far. Um, Stu Dunn put that one out on the commentary, didn't he? So, you know, it, it, that's not too bad, is it, under Cottrell? <laughs> five, five defeats in 22. Mad. So only Sunderland have, have lost least games than us, which is a pretty yeah. impressive record, really. Obviously, we've drawn a lot of games. Um, and, that's something, and that goes just back down to that goal scoring, isn't it? Um, we've talked about this a few times. Our defensive record is pretty good. It's good scoring goals is the problem. Um, and yeah, in terms of attacking threat in this game, I think we're hampered by having Daniels out. He had a knock and apparently had a bit of cramp on Tuesday. That's why Sears came on. Um, yeah, Sears started this game and it's something we'll, we'll talk about. Um, so who started? Um, so I'll do it the other way around this time. We had Maine and Odoe up front. Um, not the most inspiring partnership. Um, so we had Sears, Davis, Goss, Vela and Ogbetta um, in a kind of midfield five. And then we had three centre-backs. But I think it's fair to say we started this game with definitely with five at the back. Um, and Burgoyne was in goal. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a successful back three now, isn't it, with Pennington, Ebanks and, and Williams, Glenn? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's not where this team lineup is horrible to look at in some respects. The the bad thing about it is is how kind of defensive it is um, because and slow as well. Yeah, Maine's somewhat a defensive striker. I'm starting to think. Uh, he, I reckon you know the, he's a target whenever, man. He? He's, well, he's a target man pressing striker. He's he's he's, he's again. <laughs> we've talked about him quite a lot. I don't think he's missing a lot of chances, but then at the same time, he's not creating a lot either. Um, no. And let's be honest, though. I, I remember this. I, we sometimes forget about this. He was a panic signing, wasn't he? No, oh, hugely, yeah. I think the mark of the mark of why I think, yeah, he is where he is, is because you, if you look at all the credit he gets from maybe the press and um, some some fans, you see, it's always, oh, he's worked hard, he's tracked back there, he's won the ball, and I'm like, yeah, but we got three bloody central defensive midfielders doing that job. We, we, I know he wants to help out like that, but just just get up the pitch, man. Um, but yeah, so I think he could do a good job in central defensive midfielder if we if we keep him on next season, Ollie. I think that might be his future. But um, yeah, it's just a, it was an uninspiring front five wasn't it if you look at Davis, Goss, Vela, Main and Ado. Um obviously Davis had a decent enough game but Goss sat way too deep in it and, and Vela was, was deep as well and well, we were deep because we couldn't keep the ball, which we'll come on exactly. to. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was not good, and yeah, yeah. and this was as you want to point out, Glenn. We got quite a few players missing, haven't we, from this starting well, lineup? That's what I was about to just say. I mean, are we realistically started this game without our five best players: Sarkic, Norburn, Chapman, Wally, Pierre? You know, you can have a really good argument that those are our five best players. Obviously, it's not better a bad five coming... side team, is it? No, it's not bad, is it? To be fair, you'd do all right with that. I mean, Wally got—I uh, put Pierre up front with the goals he scores. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Wally could go left, right, right, right wing back. Um, but yeah, I suppose you could argue Ogbetta and maybe Ebanks are um, on the fringes of being in there, and Vela, I suppose. But um, you know, it's certainly five of our better players, isn't it? And five yeah. that would probably pretty much play every week if they were here. So, um, if yeah, you're picking your kind of best eleven yeah. from this season, they're definitely in it. Oh, for sure, yeah. And um, so we're obviously going to be weaker. And yeah, and Sears coming in, you know, we were all excited and wanted to see him play. And obviously that didn't work out quite so well. I mean, it's it's becoming a risk, isn't it, Ollie? Uh, I think, and you, you've put it here on the agenda, that it's a risk when we drop Chapman and Wally, or we rest Chapman and Wally on the same occasion, because they're basically our two most attacking players um, in terms of unlocking defences and sitting in a 10 role or playing up as the other striker. And without them, we, we look completely shorn of any kind of creativity. Yeah, and I, I didn't think this... On the day, this has been an afterthought, but obviously that's why mm. one of the reasons why we do the podcast on a Sunday, um, yep. is um, was Chapman and Wally rested, potentially? I think they probably were. Maybe some niggles or something, but I think they were rested for um, this bank holiday weekend coming up. Yeah, you might be right. And if it turns out that we get one win out of the two or, or a couple of draws or something like that, then it's, it's worth it. Well, you'd want it? to get so, a win against Northampton, wouldn't you? That's well, that's, that's but, for yeah. sure, yeah. But so, a win and a draw over the bank holiday weekend would, I think, be would, be, would be very good. 
Yeah, that's fine. And you're probably, you're probably right. They probably were rested. Um, you know, obviously, there was no announcements that they were injured or anything like that. And they have both rested, a lot stroke, of games. Term, rotated because yeah, we were a lot of games. But it's a risk, you know. To me, it makes me feel like we weren't the way we were going to win this game would have been not great to watch. It was it wasn't going to be no. nice bangers from Chapman or Wally dipping his shoulder and knocking one in, and we weren't going to be running up players. Obviously, Ogbetta did the best he could in that circumstance in this game because he's probably the most attacking player we've got on the pitch when you look at that starting lineup. But um, you know, maybe Goss, but he, he didn't really get involved too much, did he? So um, yeah, it was just it was a bit of a, a bit of a sickener, and it was I don't know. It felt quite early on into the game, Ollie, that we we knew what this was going to go like. Um, just just because of the way the game started and the way they completely dominated us from the first kick, I thought. Yeah, but the look at their team, it's a good team, isn't it, Portsmouth? Yeah. We very, very rarely look at the opposition's lineup uh, because we were, we were very much shrewdly focused. But Johnson's not bad. Brown's good le- a good left back. Naylor and Close, I thought, were brilliant in central midfield. It's interesting, they were playing 4 2 3 1, but either Naylor or Close would bomb on. So they were yep. very attacking, and then Harness, Williams, and Jacobs. I love Jacobs. Jacobs has always been for me one of the, was always one of the best League One players when he's playing in the division. And Marquis, well, he's a bit of a knob, but he's a good striker. Oh, he's an absolute twat, but he would walk into our team, you know, yeah. and he would have walked into our team any time over the last five years, probably. To be honest with you, so um, yeah, he's a sort of striker and a bit of quality at League One level. I thought I'd hope we'd find him when you compare yeah. him to Maine or a Doe. It's it's light and shade, yes, really, isn't yeah, it? Unfortunately, it is. but but I didn't think we were very good either, as much as Portsmouth were were, were good. And I'm going to give them a lot of credit. They're one of the best teams I've seen this season. I think that we were many levels below where we should be. And and I don't always put that down, Ollie, to well, this good team turned up and we didn't play our best because they completely dominated us. I think there was a bit of both in this one for. Me. Yeah, they're a very, very good side, aren't they, Pompey? Yep. Um, and I've been, you know, you see a lot of Pompey fans getting very annoyed, um, but it's interesting, isn't it? And it's it's always it's always dangerous to comment on opposition teams and when you don't really know the context. But you think that they didn't have um, Curtis in this side as well. This is a very, very good football team um, and should really be competing at the top, especially given that no one's run away with the league this year. Um, you know, even Hull had that big slump for quite a long time. So I can see why their fans are frustrated, to be fair, um, because they've got so many good players. Um, and we saw that from the off. Like, would you say, Glenn, that was probably the best half of 45 minutes of football we've seen from any team in League One this year? Oh, it's hard to tell. Uh, we got smashed by a few teams under Ricketts, didn't we? Yeah, so but, we, but in terms of, yeah, <laughs> we did. Obviously, it, it, obviously the, um, the port, the port, the, Obviously, the posh game is one of a standout. Yeah. But in terms of a team playing really well, and us, yeah, obviously we were off the pace. But I thought I thought this is the best half of football I've seen from a team in League One this year. Mm. It was man against boys, wasn't it? Let's be brutally honest. Yeah, about that's why I actually um, tweeted out at one point. Did you? Oh, there you go. I missed that one. Um, it was though, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was a bit embarrassing to watch as a town fan, and I didn't. So why think do you we think? That... Why do you think we were so poor? I, I. This is what I mean. I think they're a good team. On a new manager bounce under Cowley, who's probably reinvigorated them, excited them, got them excited about their football, much like Cottrell did with us. So they had that positivity, they had that that bounce. Obviously, we'd had a good result against Burton, but made lots of changes and chopped and changed things around. And we, we know what we are. I imagine the players know what we are as a team, and that we're not going to go out there and play the most exciting, expansive football like like um, like they did against us. But I also think that yeah, as much as they were good, I think there were several of our players that were playing a bit below themselves, unfortunately, and there was a lot of errors um 
and I don't like to signal signal single people out, and I probably will do. I mean, Sears was Sears was embarrassingly poor in that first half, and and was a, was an avenue they got at us time and time and time again. Um, and the front two just didn't play as well as they needed to. And if you don't, if you if you're a front two Ollie that are not playing very well, and they really didn't, then it just kind of helps the whole team kind of break down. And the only thing you can do is sit in and try and stay deep and try and try and keep it to nil nil. And that's all we were trying to do first half. I thought Ollie. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Oh, I thought we were very sloppy in possession. We couldn't Awful, keep yeah. the ball. Um, it pointed out by um, by Pooley Shrew um, that Ado and Maine did not work together at all, and they don't. They don't. They they look like they don't even like each other <laughs> the way they play. Um, and there's a lack of pace from the team, so there was no one going behind. That's something I pointed out before kickoff. Yeah. And also, as you've pointed out, Sears was very guilty of this, but we were passing backwards. Um, which was very frustrating as well. So yes, Pompey were brilliant. We'll keep saying that throughout mm. this game. But also, you're right, Glenn, to point out that we were we were very poor as well. We were off the pace um, and and very slack in defending. It's it's funny. The thing about Maine and Ado is you'd think that they would have had a chat pre-match. You said, right, Maine, you're on the head as Ado. As soon as that's coming, you look to make your run beyond the back line and you know give him an option to flick it on. You know, look at like a proper target man. But they didn't. Both of them faced their back to goal, and every ball that came to them, they stood it up. But they, they thought, held the ball. I've got the impression, and they looked to go back. Them, yeah, I got the impression both of them were expecting the ball from the goal kick. Exactly, they and were. They were yeah, miles they were. apart from each other. There was no. They were. It was so easy for the Pompey defender. Pompey defenders um, had a, a real chilled out afternoon. Um, so on the mm. first half, particularly, um, they had a very easy half. We didn't even get away with playing like that for the away supporters. Like I, all I could do was really win flick-ons. I was crap at everything else, but you know I played up with a bunch of young, younger and more energetic strikers. And all I do is try and flick it on and hope they get on it. And that worked nine times out of ten. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think most most Sunday league teams try and do that where they pick one to take the flick-ins. But it was just frustrating because every time they got it, and they did all right at times holding the ball up, didn't they? They'd get it, they'd hold it, and they'd go back to Vela or they'd go back to Goss or they'd go back to Davis, who'd then put a foot on it and roll it back to Ebanks. And it was like, what What are we trying to do here? How on earth are we ever going to get forward if we don't play a forward pass? And no one wanted to in the whole in the whole game. So, yeah, that was where it came unstuck for me in terms of the attacking sense. Um, there was a couple of times where better did an overlapping run and someone found him, but Sears never did it once. And that was it. You can't just have one sort of overlapping run um, from your left wing back and, and hope that's going to get you into into good positions. Obviously, he took matters into his own down second half, but that's where it all broke down for me in this game. Um, and, and once we'd given them the impetus by that, that element of our game breaking down, they took full advantage. Their defenders yeah. passed it around the back. They were really confident, quick on the ball. Defenders were stepping out beyond Maine and Ado, I thought, at times, and it was just so difficult for us to control them. Yeah, there was a, there was a, was a, 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 a there's an account called Posh Report, um, yeah. and he did some analysis of Pompey, and they would do like third man runs, and they were constantly just making runs, and they just kept playing triangles, didn't they, all game? Um, and yeah, it came into well worked into the box, too much space, harness fires in the back of the net. Um, I did see someone say that um, Burgoyne should have saved that. No. So I think that's a bit harsh. That's hugely harsh for me, that one. Yeah. yeah, it was a good goal. It was really, really nice, neat bit of football, wasn't it, in the lead up to it? And a, and a great goal. It just connects with it nicely, hits it hard. You know, Burgoyne's. Burgoyne's in, you know he's been left exposed by the defending. We were, we were not on Harkness. He just found too much space, didn't he? To be fair, and um, yeah, I just thought it was a, it was a really good goal, and it, and it was coming, wasn't it, Ollie? You know, they've been been building and building, and what minute did they get it on? I'm going to have to score up again now. Twenty five minutes, but they they could have scored a couple just before that. Yeah. There was a few crosses that they sort of half missed at the back post, and Sears had gone walk about. Um, he lost his man back post pretty much every time Sears, and it was just they knew if they put a cross in from the the, the right hand side that ninety percent of the time they were going to get a, a half decent chance of getting it. So um, yeah. I, 
I thought it was that was it. And even when they scored the first, I felt like they didn't sit back. They just kept coming at us, didn't they? Which is yeah. something we don't see a lot of League One teams do. Sometimes, like us, they'll get a goal and they'll sit back and try and defend what they've got. Portsmouth were not having any of that, were they? Under Carroll, they just no. kept coming. Yeah, they did. They kept pushing on. Um, and yeah, I was thinking before they scored their second one, thinking if I was a Pompey fan or Pompey member of staff. Um, I'd have been disappointed if I hadn't got a second goal in this half. Mm, they dominate definitely. so well. And then Williams was close again, but a brave same from Burgoyne. I thought that was really good goalkeeping. Um, and then, yeah, good football again. Crossed to the back post. Um, but then Brown passes to Marquis, who probably makes it two. Um, and that's probably the easiest goal that anyone scored in the Football League um, and, you know, for Marquis. He, he could have done anything and he would have gone in the back of the net. Big questions for Sears and Pennington on that. There's too, way too much space back post for those two to to have um, you know to get any credit out of the goal, um, and, and it was an unfortunate an unfortunate time to let another one in just for half time, wasn't it? And that that was it. It was game over then. I was, there's no way we were scoring three in that game, despite how it was a bit exciting second half. But um, yeah, for me, you know, it, it kind of highlighted what what of an issue we've got a right wing back, Ollie. Um, obviously, we had Miller, we lost him. We, we obviously had Love that came back in and did a job for a while, but got injured. Um, and then Josh Daniels has been filling in there pretty adequately, but was probably not. A long-term solution I think he's, he's going to be further up the field um, but once you strip away all of those players you're left with Sears who's raw youngish still he's had a, had a bit of experience but he's not a right wing back and and you know he's not he didn't get forward at all and is and just looked unsettled didn't he he got absolutely rattled he passed it out of play like three times in the first 20 minutes I think and just never settled into the game and and I wasn't shocked he got subbed off at half time he was the standout candidate if we were going to change tactics to come off wasn't he yeah, he was the standout candidate. Shame. Um, and it's a yeah. question I'll ask you now, Glenn, but, but please don't answer it now. So is he a, is he a right wing back or is he a centre-half? So we'll come back to that well, yeah, when we do um, salad news. But yeah, you're right. So make a change at half-time. They had 70% possession. Um, oh, we changed 4-3-3. So um, yeah, Chapman came on for Sears and we made a, quite a natural kind of switch, didn't we? We had Davis sitting deeper with Goss and Vela, which had a nice balance to it, actually. I quite liked Davis there. Um, and then we had a Doe on the left um, and then Chapman on the right. And yeah, we tried to get the ball to Chapman or better as much as possible in the second half. Um, second half starts um, and um, Ogbetta, who just gets better and better, doesn't he, Glenn? He drives forward. <laughs> he does. Um, he, and he just takes a really calm shot with his weaker foot into the bottom corner and just runs back to go to get ready to kick on. He didn't really even celebrate. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic goal. And I'm sure you enjoyed that. Uh, uh, unbelievable yeah he's adding a lot to his game isn't he at the moment the assists we just talked about in the last game but this was brilliant to be fair pick it up run with it casually f- knock it in with your weak foot you know <laughs> football's an easy game isn't it it was very yeah, uh, yeah. I-, I saw some people saying it was you know when Granderson scored his goals from sort of right back he tended to pick it up on halfway and jog on and you know knock it in like that and um, it was a little bit like that one he scored against Notts County um, Granderson if you remember that goal yeah, so a little bit like one, that yeah. but yeah so um, yeah really good and a-, and a great finish from from that range as well and you know, I've got a question for you, Ali, and I'll ask you the question now. So, well, our financial results come in in April, I would imagine, like they usually do every year, and it shows a very, very large hole in our finances due to COVID nineteen. Um, Ogbear continues to play this the rest of the season exceptionally well, and is clearly a step above League One level, or certainly a step above playing for Shrewsbury Town, as unfortunate as that sounds. If someone comes in with a million and a million and a half pounds for him, you're stupid not to sell him in the summer, aren't you? Yeah, a million, a million and a half quid would be a lot, a lot of money. And I think you'd probably have to take it. Because with that money, you could invest in three or four players, maybe even five players. Yep. But yeah, I really hope that when we did the contract, we had an option for an extra extra year. Mm. I really hope we have that option extra. Um, I imagine Man City would get a percentage of that fee as well. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, for me, he's, 
is interesting. I went on a, a Portsmouth podcast in the week um, and I said that um, he was three or four times better than Charlie Daniels. And obviously that was before he scored the goal, uh, which I thought was yeah was interesting. And obviously, um, yeah, I feel I feel quite pleased for better because he proved my point. He's been the best thing about the second half of the season, old better, hasn't he? And, yeah. and every game he plays, it's it's more and more exciting. You know, just his pure confidence on the ball. You know, the whole run yeah. up to the goal is what proves he's good. He's got good balance, good awareness of where players were on the pitch. You know, made his run in the perfect perfect manner. Everything about that was technically excellent. Um, and he did it just about ten minutes before. I don't know if you saw in the game where he picked up halfway on the line and, and ran on. Um, because of the change in formation, it gave him a little bit more license to do that. I thought second half, and you know, didn't end up having a shot at the end of it. I think he passed it on, but he certainly got that in him. And um, you know, we, we probably won't see it every week but we'll certainly see it you know well we might never see it as fans he might <laughs> might be gone in the summer and we'll never have actually get to see him play live but that'd be devastating wouldn't it but um yeah just just another another great moment for a young lad who's really blossoming blossoming at Shrewsbury Town and and you know really kind of making his mark making his first mark in his career really yeah he's, he's come in he's played 14 games all starts uh, he's played yeah. on, um, tw- um 12 over 1200 minutes um he's got two assists and he's got one goal and he's got um, a pass completion of nearly 80%. Like, and one man in the mm-hmm. match award. Like, yeah, it, this, this League One luck is easy for him, isn't it? It's absolutely Too fantastic. Easy. And he's such a talent. And what recruitment is just absolutely fantastic. He obviously needs to improve on some of his things. His, his, his crossing get better. Um, his, his tackles yeah, and his, his defending and his heading can improve. But the great thing is, is he's so flexible, isn't he, Glenn? You can play him, you could play him very comfortably left back. You can play him left wing back. And I'm sure you wouldn't be upset if we changed to a 4-3-3 and he was on the left wing. You wouldn't mind that, would you? I wouldn't care if he played in midfield, to be honest. Yeah, he could, he's exactly. Good and that's that an interesting well. point I wanted to come on to as well, because he mentioned in an interview that he would actually maybe like to play in midfield at some point. And yeah, you could play him, you know, you'd only worry, you wouldn't want to play him as a two. But, you know, if you're playing 4-3-3... Um, and yep. you play him with like a Davis sitting and having him on the left, pushing on a bit like Vela played on Saturday second half against Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's such a talent. If we could sign a few more of those, wow, man, I'd be well pleased. They're, they're, they're rare. That's fair. It's fair to say they are rare. <laughs> and one thing we haven't said on the podcast too many times, you say you always defensive, defend, defending can improve. I'd agree with that. But if you if you look at the way he played in the two games this week, he was really good defensively, solid. Like he he got against a player in uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that played sort of on the right for uh, Portsmouth, and they were overlapping on him, they were doubling up on him, and he did pretty well to be yeah, fair of all the he defenders. He, he stood him up, he knocked him out for corners or throw ins. He was quick chasing back. He won the ball a few times, and then his distribution going forward is way better than any of the other defenders. He finds feet more times than often. You know, you look at Pennington, and if he gets the ball and he's sort of been pushed out onto the right hand side, he just hoofs it forward. Whereas Albert will take it another touch and just he always seems to find someone and it's, you can really see the difference in in players that play in out of position um, and and a player that's probably quite a natural in that position even though he wants to play central midfield so yeah we, we can't speak highly enough of him he, he's had a, he's had a really good time since he came here um, and and uh, yeah I, I hope I get to see him in the flesh Ollie yeah and one more comment as well as that you know he, Davis talks in his post match about how players of his age normally have a drop in form but mm. nothing from him at the moment so no, yeah absolutely no. fantastic and yeah let's hope it continues. Um, so yeah, interesting second half this. So um, yeah, Shrewsbury were playing on the edge a little bit. Ebanks gives it? the ball away, a rare mistake from him. But what an amazing tackle that was from Davis. Uh, that was good. You, I wouldn't say this half was interesting. Uh, there was some interesting things happened, but it wasn't well, interesting in terms of what happened, not necessarily as an entertainment. Yes, point of view. 
not the entertainment value. Um, this was an amazing tackle by Davis. Um, yeah, like we were talking about um, that Daniels block a few weeks back being quite like that one James Bolton did, but it was it felt a little bit like that. He came from miles back, didn't he, to kind of scythe it away. Um, really, really good from Davis. I thought overall, even though it wasn't a great performance, he he played pretty well to be fair. Um, but you know, I never felt like we were going to get the equaliser. If I'm honest no. with you, we had a lot of crosses. I think Pennington, Vela, Goss, Chapman, all all tried to get some crosses in, didn't they? But they were all average to be honest with you and then there was one sort of save from Maine but um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a difficult save was it but you know aside from that we didn't really create too much for the rest of the game after that and I, I never felt like we were going to score and yeah it wasn't until the red card for me Ollie where I thought oh things might change but I even we'll get to the red card and the instant terrain but I, after they got, went down to 10 men I even put on Twitter I predict 20 frustrating minutes because that tends to be what always happens to a Shrewsbury Town when we play against yeah. 10 men but maybe you want to touch on the red card first Ollie because obviously there was some controversy with that I guess yeah, there was that just before that there was that chance for Maine from that cross from Chapman, yep. which is a decent effort, but yeah, uh, not not the best. Actually, we didn't talk about um, Ado's chance in the first half. So yeah, Maine falls over yeah. and Ado has an effort. That was a good. That was a very good opportunity actually, which I think he should have done better with. Um, but yeah, basically, so basically, what happens is um, Portsmouth play a long vertical pass along the ground, but Ebanks gets a toe in, so it goes away from Marcus. So Marcus goes to try and win the ball. Um, from Chapman and his foot goes in really high um, and yeah for me it was a stupid challenge because he's going you know, you know nothing, we weren't going to score from the opportunity there was a lot to happen if we were and mm. for me it was a really really stupid challenge um, and I'll ask you first Glenn do you think that was a red? So I've not watched it back today, which is interesting. So I've just got what I watched on the iFollow and the, and the one replay they did. It felt like he came off his feet, Ollie, which I think is why the referee sent him off. And in that yeah. circumstance, if that's what the referee thinks he's seen, then I think it is a red card. Yeah, but I don't know what if you've seen the replay, whether it looks less harsh than that. But it certainly seemed to be out of control is what they say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So Dan Hoff said he was in control um, and maybe um, Chapman kind of played into it. Um, I thought, um, at the real time, I thought... Oh, I don't know. I thought I can understand why it was a red, but I wasn't really convinced. But I think I was being biased, and I did admit this on Twitter that Marcus is such a whinger, so I had no sympathy for him as well. So I was just happy he was <laughs> off. Um, and it's always interesting that was backed up by Jerry and uh, one of your mates, Glenn. You said agree. Yeah. It was very harsh, but Marcus is a twat, so it's okay. And Andy <laughs> Davis backed that up. This is exactly my thought process as well. So yeah, I did do a poll with Shrewsbury Town fans just to kind of get their input. So. Um, yes, just over 60% said it should have been a yellow. Um, so most right. people think it was a yellow, but a lot okay. of people say... I also thought D3D4 podcast James thought it was a yellow every day as well. So I think there seems to be a general consensus it was a yellow. But for me, stupid challenge and puts himself at risk. And yeah, he's off, wasn't he? It was done. Chapman didn't help him. He went down clutching his leg in absolute agony. And in reality, there was absolutely nothing wrong with him, was there? But, you know, that's what happens in football, you know, trying to get the advantage. And, um, yeah, whether the referee bought it or not, I don't know. I think there was still enough in there for any referee to get away with yeah. saying it was a red card. Even but he was dangerous and he did put the player exactly. at risk. Yeah, exactly. So I think that was fair enough. And then, as I said, after that, it was like, are we going to break down 10 men here? With this, with this lineup and, and you know how we played in the game, pff, I don't know. I mean, Wally came on, didn't need to try and spice things up. But I have to say, for me, and I'm kind of going to the last point in our agenda, really, Ollie. But I, I felt like this last 28 minutes against 10 men was absolutely atrocious. If I'm honest with you, I thought what, we've got to be better at breaking teams down. I know Portsmouth are a good team and they sat in deep, but the way we tried to do it was was appalling. And we didn't create any clear cut chances during the whole period of almost half an hour against 10 men, which is a little bit unforgivable for me, Ollie. I think you've got 
despite how difficult it is and 10 men changes the game, da-da-da-da-da, I get all that, but I think you've got to be better. You've, you've got to create more. Yeah, you're right. We were poor, but, yep. but at the same time, you've already said it. You're not surprised. And this comes back sure. to no. summer recruitment, summer training, um, and the fact that, you know, yeah, we, we created no chances according to um, SofaScore in the second half, which is a really good website um, <laughs> for, like, you know, we had five shots, two on target, one was blocked, um, and yeah, you know, they, you know, it was just poor. You know, we had no, we had no corners in the second half, which nope. tells you a lot. Um, and they actually did have corners. They had three corners, and wow. we had none. Um, and, and and again, it's just it's just a fact of reality. We're not going to improve until we get better players going forward. I saw someone say that you know we're a few players short of the playoffs. I think that's I think that's overly optimistic. Um, I think yeah. we're lots of players short. We're at least two strikers short. I like the fact that we're very dynamic in the way that we play different formations so i think mm. we need another winger need definitely need a, a top class right wing back um yeah i think there's a lot of players missing obviously you've mentioned already we had a lot of players missing from yep. the side norburn yep. and who, who creates a lot um, and one thing as well glenn we haven't mentioned this but i think it's worth noting when we played against mk dons and we had a tuesday night and put a big shift in we really struggled on the saturday i think it was against mm. bristol rovers wasn't it um that, that saturday after that mk dons game and for me it had a little bit of that as well so i think yeah maybe i'm being over generous but there's a little bit of a um, an ex- not an excuse but there's a bit of a um, rationale i think in terms of why we struggled I think yeah, it's fair enough. I think it's almost a good place to leave it. I think yeah. there's two other things just to say. I think during that period of 10 men's is probably one of those periods we'll look back on this season thinking that's a really, really good time where we could have done with Steve Cottrell on the touchline just yeah. to marshal them through that period and really kind of push them on and make those on-the-spot kind of te- technical adjustments that you might want to make on in terms of playing 10 men. I'm not having to go at you know Aaron Wilbraham and Dave Longwell, both experienced football men, but I think you, you want your leader, your manager, you know, the man that can kind of rally the troops and do the do the motivating side of it um, and we, we kind of probably missed him in that 10 minutes uh, in that half an hour spell at the end which is you know we miss him all the time let's be honest about it but I think in a situation like that you, you, you can have a really big impact as a manager so that was unfortunate and the last thing I want to say about this game Ollie is the, one of the things that frustrated me about the second half the most is that Chapman had come on at half time and had hit a few good free kicks in like, there was one I think that Main almost scored from and there was a, a few sort of ropey moments at the back post where he put some kind of whipped, whipped ones in there but as soon as Wally came on he pushed him off free kicks and the first free kick Wally got which kind of summed up the way we were trying to play against Tim was we were out on the left hand side, maybe 20, 20, 20 yards outside the, the box. And 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 he pushes Chapman away. Chapman kind of wanders off, not looking particularly happy, and Wally just turfs it straight out for a goal kick. And I was like, God, can someone tell him that Chapman can actually take better free kicks than him and leave Chapman on the free kicks, please? So yeah, I, I, that was just that I think that one moment summed up the way we played against ten men. It just wasn't good enough. And um there's no point in battering him about it too much because we've obviously won one game this week and, and lost one, so it's not the worst overall week. But yeah, it was just I, I, I'm going to look at the stats this week to see how our record is against 10 men over the last few years because it just feels like every time we play 10 men, we always struggle. And it, it feels like a consistent thing that's gone on for quite a while now. So I might bring those stats back next week, Ollie, see where we get to. Yeah, it was very poor, very poor second half. And yeah, I think you're right to point out the um, the poor um, dist- um, set pieces. I thought that was very, very <laughs> obvious. It was very poor, wasn't it? We don't very make those best, most of those opportunities. Um, so yep. that's something we need to improve on. So yeah, um, so in terms of, uh, let's do, let's do late, uh, Dave Longwell's comments and then we'll do top threes. Um, so yeah, he said frustration and disappointment. We didn't do enough to get an equaliser. Um, we didn't do what we wanted to do. So I thought it was really interesting. Mm. The players didn't implement the game plan. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then he basically agrees with what you said, Glenn. He said when they got a man sent off, that didn't help us. They sat back in two banks of four and made it hard for us. And we talked about the tactical switch really helped. 
Um, and then, yeah, he, he was asked about Wally and Chapman. He said, the manager showed we can rotate. If we choose a team, we think we can get a result. Um, and he said it looked like a red from where he was standing. Um, mm. So what was your top three? I bet. My top three, well, obviously Ogbetta was class across the whole game and scored a brilliant goal. So, yeah, man of the match for me was Ogbetta. I thought Davis was really, really good across the whole game, probably the standout of the, the front five um, in terms of his, his work rate. He got forward a couple of times, but I think his best work was sort of shielding the defence and, and playing a really good shield. But he looks much stronger and fit, Raleigh. Like like a lot of players over the years when we're doing this podcast, takes him 10 games to get up to match fitness, doesn't it, when yeah. they come in and having not played a lot. And he's probably just about there now. And again, Vela, just metronomic again. He, he does keep us ticking over. Probably not one of his better performances recently but a, a lot of the other players I think outside my top three didn't really have great games and couldn't be considered in all honesty yeah no I've, I've gone for Zaka the same I don't know if you yeah, copied I... me there or we just thought of it before no. <laughs> but um, no. yeah I thought Davis did really well or better obviously got a given credit and fella so yeah um, a few a few other players like did anyone else stand out not really um, no. yeah yeah it's, it's again looking to again looking to the oh. summer it'd be fascinating to see how many of these players are here next year Williams is worrying me at the moment, Ollie. I'm yeah, I was just tangent. thinking about that. I, I was gonna, I was gonna let him off, but you're right. No, he's, he, the two games this week is this. this is this too many so games though? Bad. Is this just yeah. too many games for the young lad? He is still mm, only young, maybe. and I think if Pierre was in, I think. I think he would have been rested by now. And he's playing on that, that side. It's something that Mark Elliott pointed out quite a few times, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not the right side. Um, yeah, it's not his best side, I don't think. Um, so that's that's frustrating. I bet he's better there than Pennington is. So <laughs> let's leave it at that, I think, because I imagine Pennington playing left centre-back would be a bit of a disaster. But who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, he's, he's not had a good few weeks, Williams. Not He's made too many errors. It's just, he just seems a little bit off his off his best form. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping it comes back. And you might be right, it's probably just tiredness. So um, yeah, there we go. Two games in the week. As I say, win or loss, you can't really argue with that too much considering what how this season's been so um yeah we'll leave the games there and we'll get into south news collins checks opening up for collins here collins goes for goal what a goal that is for james collins really as good as the one we've just seen at the other end so um salad news not really any news to talk about as such um i guess one thing we haven't mentioned Glenn, actually is there's quite a lot of youth players on the bench at the moment isn't there they didn't get longwell said it wasn't really the game to bring them on um, but we had yeah we had Canton Bloxwell and a young goalkeeper was it Bevan is yeah Bevan the goalkeeper's mm. name so fingers crossed they're better um, in terms of talent because we haven't had a, a youth players come through for quite a while certainly not ones of this, this kind of the strength of Goldson and Woods and and Taylor um, and that could brings us nicely to Sears um, so very yeah. simple question Glenn do you think he'll get a we, oh, well, I saw online there's a well I saw online if this is correct we've got an option for an extension of his contract. Um, if okay. you were the manager, would you be triggering that? So I had an interesting chat with Lewis Cox pre-match on Saturday about youth players in general. Because I think because of the financial issues to do with COVID when next season comes around, no wage caps for some clubs, but clearly for clubs like us, we might be having to shop a little bit more smart because we will not have as much money in our budget yeah. next season as we had this season. It's just not going to be a thing. Um, so youth players are going to play more and more of a big role in, in a club's overall squad building, I think. So as much as Sears was crap in that game we just talked about, I can see him being the sort of player that you actually do give a contract to because he's a decent backup option he can play in a couple of positions and he'll be on peanuts basically compared to most half decent league one players I'd imagine so it's the sort of thing that I can see happening quite a lot and I can see us offering a lot of our youth crop from this season the guy that plays for Montserrat um, obviously Bloxham got on the bench um, you might not even discount Ryan Barnett I can I can see a fair few of our youth players still getting contract extensions for another year on cheap money just to make up squad numbers if I'm honest with you um, and it, and then they've got the opportunity then potentially to, to kick on and impress a manager during next season so I think he might get a new contract but on that basis yeah, no, I, th- I think that would be fair. And I'd like, he's not a, he, he was 
for me, I, I never, I didn't really think he was a right back, um, even mm. though he's played that in. He had that good game against Barnsley yeah, a few years ago on that sunny day, and he had a good game then, and that's probably the best he's played. But for me, he's not. I don't really see him as a, as a right back. And he mentions it when I found that quote about his contracts. He talks about how he's been playing in central defence for the youth team. So I think mm. his position is, is centre back. So maybe we'll see him play right centre back, and I'd like to see him have a trial there. Yeah, this game was one to forget, and this is his first game back for a while. So you know we're not going to write him off completely after one game. But um, yeah, he's 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 you know he's getting, when you get start getting into your twenties and you haven't played many games, you do have to kind of question that. You have to move down a level and get games, or you have to kick on somewhere you're actually at now. So it's going to be difficult for him to do that because I can't see him getting in to play centre back all that often when we've got um, what we've got at the club for next season already lined up. You never know. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. So I think he probably will be here next year, but um, quite whether he breaks through or not is to be decided, isn't it? And you were also wondering the week because you thought um, Dave Davis had another contract, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, for some reason I thought we signed him on an 18 month <laughs> deal for some reason. I thought he was, you know, a player that Steve Cottrell trusts. So I just, yeah, I just assumed he was on an 18 month deal. I was wrong. Wrong, Ollie. Yeah, so the question is, do you think he's done enough yet to deserve a new contract for next year or would you want to see a bit more yet? I think what I've seen from him, I think, I think I've think i been quite impressed in the last few games. Um, I think if, you know, if we're going to play a deep-line um, defensive um, kind of battler, um, I'd like to see him see him sit there. And yeah, I think he seems like a decent player. I imagine he's probably on probably the average wage that we offer. So yeah, I'd like to see us sign him. What about you? I think it very much depends on whether Vela and Norburn were here next year and what kind of tactic we're playing. I, I'm, I'm not overly sold on him quite yet, as much as I just made him man of, more second man of the match in the last game. Um, I think I'd like to see a bit more yet. I think if he continues to improve as he has done over the last 10 games, game by game, then yeah, I probably would be interested in keeping him. But yet, I think it's, for me, probably a bit too early to tell. And I think that even if we, we did think about giving a contract, there probably are other players out there of a similar quality that Cottrell would be looking at anyway. So I'm, I'm not sold on him yet per se but I'm not you know I'm not saying it's not something I would want to look at in the summer give me another 10 games so yeah there we go and it, it just you just said so there's not much news knocking around I have got some breaking news actually Ollie that you don't even know about um just to let fans know really um that the football club are going to do a commemorative program for the last game of the season um obviously they've not been doing programs all season because there haven't been fans there but I think it's a it's a chance to kind of um you know do a do a sort of final program for the end of the season I think they're obviously going to sell them online and you know you'll have something to <laughs> have one program to remember the season by and I think you know they've been asking fans to contribute articles through the sports parliament and um the usual sorts of features you get in there so there you go Ollie there's going to be a programme on the last game of the season I doubt we'll be there as fans but um, it's nice they're doing something to remember the season by isn't it yeah it'll be good hopefully it gives good people a chance to, to share their thoughts on the season as well because yeah, yeah there's lots of fans that yeah we haven't seen and yeah lots of fans that we would have met and, and gone to games so yeah that sounds like quite interesting um, so yeah a few other little things just to kind of um, tidy up um, so yeah so we had a question um, from Carl, not from Cal, not Carl, and he said, "If Love and um, JD are out for the Easter games, would you go for a back four? Would you try someone else at right wing back?" I, I would. It's harsh on Sears, isn't it, to, to write him off after one game? I think he deserves another crack there. Um, at right wing if, back if or right out. back? At right wing back, I'd still play the five at the back. I, I think. Personally, as much as we've changed tactics around, I think we probably will end up playing five at the back against the better teams. Obviously, Northampton maybe aren't one of those coming up over Easter, but um, I don't know. We've, we've, we've mixed and matched, haven't we? I, I think that Sears deserves another chance. Um, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'd stick with it and stick with him at right wing back for the next game um, and just have a go, maybe play a more dynamic attacking options. But um, if he if he continues to not play very well, then I'd even be tempted if we are going to stick with a right wing back being required of playing Wally back there. But even that's not great, is it? I think well, that you we've could just play got to get... couldn't you, against Northampton, and you, you'd expect that we're going to probably have more of the ball. You probably yeah, could get Wally away with, with um, Wally at right wing back, playing more of a right winger. Yeah. 
I agree. Yeah. So there's options, isn't there? Um, whether we go to four at the back, I don't know. I'd also be all right with us going to four at the back against Northampton and having a go to impose ourselves. But um, I don't know. It depends on how fit the players are, who we're rotating. I think that it, I think we may be more likely to play five at the back now because we're not got that that you know we've got players that are being rotated in and out, and I think it's just a bit more cautious, isn't it? Um, but who knows? Who knows? Once we're safe, we might we might revert to four at the back and, and be a bit more gun ho. It's difficult to tell, isn't it? But I think the the answer to Carl, not Carl, is it'd be great if if uh, Daniels and Love would get back as soon as possible. Really, yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully, Love can come back and we can play that. But yeah, I'd like to see Sears play in centre defence or or if that right back. I don't, I wouldn't like mm. to see him right wing back. Um, and then yeah, one question we've talked about the dough quite a bit, but yeah, here's a question for you, Glenn. So oh. from Scarecrow, if you had to, if the dough gets released in the summer, do you think you'll find a League Two um, club, or do you think you'll have to drop lower? Well, this question's from Scarecrow, and he doesn't he doesn't say if he says when we release the dough in <laughs> yeah. the summer. So he's obviously considering he's already gone. Which, to be honest with you, I wouldn't really disagree with Scarecrow. I can't I can't see us offering him a contract unless he was on peanuts because we signed him from the non-league. But then his agent's going to ask for a wage rise. Is he has he done enough to warrant a wage rise from what we were originally paying him? Absolutely no chance. So I, I said the other week I want to clear out all our strikers and start again. And we need to rebuild a striking unit. Um, and if you bring three players in to all get on board and get rid of Pike, a Doe, and a Main, I would be fine with that. So where the, where where would a Doe? Go. I actually imagine he's good enough to go and play League League Two level or at least top half National League. He's not terrible most of the time, but um, he's clearly clearly way below his level for his age he is at now. Um, and you never know; it could be one of those ones that goes down to come back. Um, we've seen it happen before, haven't we? Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think you know he's probably good enough to get a League Two club, particularly bottom League Two. I imagine he'd probably walk into Grimsby's team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely better than John Lewis. Um, so yeah, it'd be <laughs> interesting to see how he gets on there. So yeah, um, yeah, thanks for those questions, guys. Um, and yeah, so just quick predictions then, Glenn. So I was overly optimistic. I went for a, a 2-1 win for Shrewsbury. You went for a draw, um, but Jack was right. He went for a defeat. Got the, didn't get the score right, but he went for a 1-0 defeat. Um, so obviously we've got a weird week coming up this week. We haven't just chatted about this, Glenn. We're going to have to decide whether we do the oh, pod God, on the yeah. Tuesday or the, or the Monday night after the game. Um, so we'll have to think to chat about that. But um, yeah, let's do predictions. And I don't know, which one should we do? Should we do Northampton, the Friday one, rather than the Plymouth one? Yeah, it's a bit easier to predict, yeah. isn't it? We'll win that 2-1, Ollie. Um, okay. Get back on track. Northampton have got awful um, by the looks of it. And yeah, I think we'll have rested Chapman and Wally and they will rampage through Northampton's defence and we'll be celebrating with our chocolate eggs uh, come Easter Sunday. <laughs> cool, so I'm going to go for a, a 2-0 win to Shrewsbury. Um, and yeah, so yeah, fingers crossed. And yeah, the, the Plymouth game is an interesting one as well. That's a winnable game on the Monday. Um, yeah. And they're a team that is... You know they do really well, or they or they're a bit inconsistent. They're above us. If we actually beat them, um, and if they don't win, um, we will definitely we could what you could catch them on the Friday, Glenn, on goal difference. Their goal difference is minus eleven right now, so we could actually go yeah. to sixteenth on Friday. And when we play them, it will definitely will be another battle for seventeenth, <laughs> um, which we'll lose because we have to stay at seventeenth. Because if we don't, the Earth moves off its axis and we'll all die. So um, yeah, that's why we have to stay seventeenth. It's it's the natural order of things, Ollie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you know both winnable games. I'd take one win this week, frankly. If we if we beat Northampton, then Plymouth becomes a free it. I can see that being the way it goes now for the rest of the season. Maybe win one, lose one, win one, lose one. It seems to be a maybe a pattern I could I could be alright with, and that that'd be better than drawing them both. So yeah, yeah interesting as long as we keep up. picking up wins and we keep picking exactly. up points. Yeah. And we keep pulling away um, away from the, that that crazy, crazy bottom of the table. Because you've got Rochdale on 32. You've got Bristol Rovers, who are plummeting on um, 34. You've got Wigan <laughs> on 35. ASC Wimbledon 36. And Northampton, who sacked off their manager in 36. And then you've got Swindon on 37. And I wouldn't say Burton are out of it yet with nope. 41. Nope. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And also the top of the, the table is really interesting as well because you've got... 
Um, basically, you've got Blackpool on 57 points, on a great run in sixth. And then you could go down to Milton Keynes in 12th, who are only three points behind them. Yes, they've got they've played more games than Blackpool, but it's a crazy, crazy division. There's only really, probably you'd say, Stanley Crew and Fleetwood and Plymouth um, and us who are probably in this kind of what you call mid-table, 13th, mm. 17th. Um, yeah, you'd hope that we're safe now, 10 points away. But yeah, there's a, the mid-table's tiny. Ollie, we're safe. I said it two weeks ago, and we're even more safe now after winning against Burton. There's yeah. no chance we're going to get relegated. Well, 46 and, um, points. We've got three games in hand on Plymouth above us. Um, yeah, yeah we win, win, win one of those games. We'll be on 49 points. And if we don't win both games over Easter, then I'll take I'll discount the playoffs, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. It'd be good if we did win them both. You'd, you'd be looking up the table a little bit more then all of a sudden. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you never know what's going to happen this week, and it's it's one to look forward to. Um, just a shame we're not there as usual. But um, we should all be back soon one day down the line. That's the best thing about football and, and COVID changing now, isn't it? So we're slowly inching our way back to football. Yeah, we, football, we actually but, um, do win both the games, and the teams above know, us yeah. don't win. We could be 14th um, when we next do the podcast. Oh man, I'll get excited then. Let's not curse ourselves. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> we we won't get too excited this week, and uh, yeah, we will catch you all at some point during or after or before or whenever Ollie we do the next podcast sometime around Easter. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh.